The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Filmmaker Kirby Warnock has produced and directed many documentaries, including When Dallas Rocked, about the Dallas music scene in the 1970s. Now he has helmed the new documentary, Jimmy and Stevie Ray Vaughan, Brothers in Blues. An insider's look at their early days and rise of the brothers. I've got Kirby on the line right now in Texas to talk about this great film. Excellent. Jim, how you doing? I'm great, Kirby. Thank you so much for joining me. I was very happy to hear that you had done this film on the Vaughn Brothers. Um, I was lucky enough to see Jimmy and the Fabulous Thunderbirds a couple times. Even more importantly, I saw Stevie Ray play at a small club in Peoria, Illinois in the 80s. You know, when you watched him, he was with Double Trouble. You could have sworn there were two guitar players playing on his guitar. Right, right. and that was the well, I thought the first time I saw Jimmy, because I saw Jimmy with the Thunderbirds before I ever saw Stevie, and I was the same way. They could play rhythm and lead guitar at the same time. I kept looking for the rhythm guitar player, but you know, there wasn't one. <laughs> yeah. it, it was them, you know. And then I think it was probably not more than a year later, Stevie Ray and Double Trouble opened for Huey Lewis in the news and just blew them off the stage. And I'm, I'm assuming that Huey eventually said... Yeah, you're going to have to leave now. <laughs> you're a little too good for this tour. I know. I just can't imagine having to go on stage after Stevie Ray Vaughan played. I mean, that <laughs> you talk about a thankless task or like that. And uh, Jimmy once said, he did, we don't have this in the documentary, but Jimmy once said the difference between him and Stevie was Stevie always plays like he's breaking out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been hearing about your documentary for quite some time on the Vaughn Brothers. You lived in Oak Cliff, Texas for decades. That's where you sort of crossed paths with the Vaughn Brothers. Yes, and uh, that's the, the thing that's important is that I first saw them playing in Little Dumpy Club. It's probably like the one you saw in Peoria that you saw Stevie in. Yeah. I saw Jimmy and Stevie play in these little bitty dumpy clubs in Texas, and when I saw them, I was like, oh, my God, these guys are incredible. Why aren't they famous? You know, And, and I, I just was always you know, stunned by them. And when they finally did get a record deal and break out, it was like the rest of the world caught up to what we already knew. But, you know, we always knew that these guys were going somewhere because there was just something special about them that you did not see with other you know, bands down there. With the documentary, especially a music documentary, was it incredibly tough for you to get the music rights you needed to make this film? Because there are actually a lot of songs in this. Oh, that I could talk for a whole show about that. Yeah. I actually, finished, I actually finished this film nearly four years ago, but it took me three years to get all the music clearances. Yeah. And that is a very, very difficult task. And most people are not aware of that because you can listen to any song you want on your phone. But once you want to use that song in a movie or a TV commercial or anything like that, you have to go through reams of lawyers to get that. And every song has got two sets of clearances. First is the master recording, which is a song itself. And second is the publishing rights, whoever wrote that song. And so, for example, the last song we used in the documentary, we played Stevie Ray Vaughan's Life by the Drop over our closing credits. That song was recorded by Stevie, but he did not write it. It was written by Doyle Bramall and Barbara Logan, and they were both represented by different publishing companies. So I had to go through three rounds of lawyers to get that one song. 
and it's it's just a beating. That's the only thing I can tell you. Yes. Uh, and I had twenty two songs. I had twenty two songs in the documentary. So I had to go through so many layers of, of clearances. And actually, there were two songs I wanted to use. I, I just couldn't get the clearances for. They wouldn't give them to me, so I had to drop them. You know? It, you remind me of uh, the guys who created the Wrecking Crew documentary because they had a heck of a hard time. It took them several years uh, as well. And I don't, I don't think people realize how incredibly complicated the, the music rights situation is, even for people who make regular motion pictures, right, with actors. I mean, you still have to go through all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. The best story I've got is you've probably heard of Richard Linkletter yeah. and the movie he made, Dazed and, Dazed and Confused. Sure. He wanted he wanted to use Led Zeppelin's song, Dazed and Confused, because that was the title came from. Yeah. He could not get the clearance to use that song in his movie, and he's a big movie maker. You know, so that's how hard it is. I know that you were actually uh, instrumental in getting a memorial artwork done portraying Stevie Ray. Is that is that true? Yes, we got an artwork uh uh, put up uh, just four blocks from the house that Jimmy and Stevie grew up in. It's in Keast Park, and uh, we—I uh, uh, I, just—I I, was—I was kind of amazed that in Dallas there is no artwork honoring a musician or artist. They're all for politicians, or businessmen. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just—and it was kind of uh, odd to me that there's a statue of Stevie Vaughan in Austin, and he did hit it big there, but he wasn't born there and wasn't buried there. He's, his grave is in Dallas, and he was born in Dallas. I thought, well, this is kind of nuts that so we don't have anything honoring him here. So I uh, was lucky to get behind the fundraising effort. We raised the money, and the city of Dallas accepted it. And uh, there's an artwork portraying Jimmy and Stevie in Keys Park, and uh, we got that put up about uh, three years ago. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, I'm very pleased to see that because uh, we don't honor our cultural history as much as we do our. Uh, a military political history. Uh, great point. Um, you have a lot of great guests in the doc, like Eric Clapton and Billy Gibbons, and I'll bet they were more than happy to be part of this, weren't they? Well, mostly because Jimmy contacted them and said, this guy's okay, you can talk to him, because they've been approached. Eric Clapton has never given an on-camera interview talk about the night Stevie died, that night at Alpine Valley, the yeah. last concert. Right. And I was only able to get that through Jimmy's help. And we have him and Jimmy both talking about that because they both played with Stevie on stage that night, the last concert. And then uh, Jackson Brown, I don't know if people are aware of this, but Jackson Brown gave Stevie Ray his studio for free to record Texas Flood on there. And we've got Jackson Brown talking about that, about when Jimmy, oh, I'm sorry, when Stevie and the band showed up and he gives them the studio time. And uh, and then uh, Billy Gibbons, a lot of people are not aware of this, but Billy and Jimmy were playing in bar bands when they were 15 years old. And they talk about playing on the uh, Texas club circuit, you know, the, the bars they played down there. Yeah. And then Billy Gibbons actually wrote a song about the Fabulous Thunderbirds that's on the, the, the on the ZZ Top Big Whale album called Low Down in the Street. And it's about a regular Monday night gig that Jimmy and the Thunderbirds had at a place called the Rome Inn in Austin. And he actually wrote a song about Jimmy Vaughn and the Thunderbirds. I mean, how cool is that? It is awesome. It, unbelievable. And interestingly enough, you interview actor Stephen Tobolowski, who, for everyone who doesn't know him, he's the guy in the glasses on the street in the movie Groundhog Day. He played in a band with Stevie Ray Vaughan early on. Yes, he's Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day. That's yeah. When he was in high school, at Kimball High School in Oak Cliff, he and Stevie Ray were in a band called A Cast of Thousands, and 
actually they went to the studio and recorded the very first recording of Steve Ray Vaughan playing guitar, and we've got Stephen telling about that on there. It, it's a it, it, it's really good. It's also pretty funny. <laughs> I'll bet it is. And, you know, I'm. you brought up Alpine Valley. I'm from Wisconsin, and I grew up not too far away from Wilmot, where Alpine Valley is, and probably went to 20, 25 concerts at Alpine Valley uh, during the summers there, where Stevie Ray was flying out in a helicopter when it went down. It is such a mountainous area with fog all the time. It's, it's actually a ski resort during the winter so and i can understand why eric clapton really hadn't wanted to talk about it until now right i think that we were fortunate that with the passage of time it's given him and jimmy time to maybe maybe be able to talk about it you know uh plainly because you know stevie has been gone 33 years now and that was another reason i made this film there's a whole generation of people who listen to his music but they were not alive when he was playing or touring, and they have no idea what uh, what all he went through or what it was like to get a to get music made back then. And I was trying very hard to tell this story because you can see every Stevie concert on the internet and you listen to every song. Yeah. But I wanted to tell the story behind it and give people an idea of you know this is how he got there. You know how did this guy get to be this incredible player and make all this music? But here's the story of how it all happened. And it started with two brothers growing up in a little bitty frame house in Oak Cliff, sharing a bedroom, and that's where the dream started, you know. It's amazing. Jimmy and Stevie Ray Vaughan, Brothers in Blues, is now streaming on all major platforms. Kirby Warnock has produced and directed this and and a whole bunch of other great music documentaries. Kirby, a, a pleasure. Thanks so much, and good luck with the film. Thank you so much, Jim. And if you want to get to see Jimmy play in person, he'll be in Vegas on September 7th at the Big Blues Bender Fest at the Westgate Resort. Had to get that in there. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, maybe I'll talk to him before then. Appreciate it. Thank you, Kirby. Jim, thank you for the time. I appreciate it, too. And again, so many interviews in this film, including Jackson Brown talking about meeting Stevie Ray the first time and Niall Rogers discussing working with Stevie on Let's Dance with David Bowie. That finishes this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. See you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.